Libby, something isn't working. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. An advisor said to me during our most recent call, why am I working my butt off and I'm not seeing the results that I want? So this gave me an opportunity to ask my favorite question guaranteed to get me a long, awkward pause. So I said, tell me, which part of your sales and marketing funnel seems to be the sticking point? Most financial planners have no idea what I'm talking about when we start to analyze their marketing and sales funnel. And that's okay. Most of us, including myself, did not go to business school before we became financial planners. But this ends today, not on my watch. You will have an amazing idea of what a sales and marketing funnel is by the time we are done with this episode. So according to clickfunnels.com, an intentionally crafted funnel is about 100 times more effective than a sales funnel that's left to random chance or you know accidental design. Did you hear that? 100 times more effective. And I do not know a single advisor out there who doesn't want to have a marketing strategy that is 100 more times effective. Or, you know, if you could say my capacity wouldn't allow that, you could also just do straight up less marketing with that kind of ROI. And okay, that gets me excited, right? You could save time and energy. So today's episode is going to be diving into your marketing funnel and problem solving it. I'll give you a super simple system to follow to figure out where you lose your prospects. Is it in the approach? Is it during your workshop? Is it in the connect or that discovery meeting? Maybe you're getting people to the table, but they aren't converting into customers after you've put them through your process. And I'll help you get into the right mindset on how to analyze what you could tweak or do differently to drive very different results. And we all want different results because I know you're here because you know it's possible to have energy left over for your family and still have your dream business. You know, the business that you are running instead of it running you. If you're new to The Efficient Advisor, I'm Libby Griley, and I built a 100% referral-only planning practice and grew it to seven figures as a solo advisor, all while working just three days a week and taking off 14 weeks a year to lean into being a mom, wife, friend, sister, daughter, and frankly, a travel-obsessed human. And oh, by the way, I had an amazing team backing me. But I'm here to walk alongside you and to show you how to do exactly the same thing and to help you take immediate action on the most important strategies for scaling, organizing, and creating less stress and overwhelm in your business. We're about to transform your practice, so let's move over exhaustion, let's move over overwhelm, and get out of the way, Advisor ADD. It is time to take that one right next step to build a business and a life that you love. So let's get to it. Before we dive into where your funnel is stuck, first we have to define what the heck is a sales funnel. (laughs) So according to clickfunnels.com, a sales funnel is the path a customer takes to purchase from your business, all the way from interested prospect to converted customer. And like I mentioned in the intro, naturally an an intentionally crafted sales funnel is 100 times more effective than a sales funnel, which is left a random chance. And my guess is that a high percentage of financial advisors 
do not have a defined sales funnel. In fact, I know after coaching hundreds of advisors over the last several years that it's a high percentage. Sometimes you'll also hear the term sales funnel as a marketing funnel. For today's purposes, they're pretty much the same thing. We might get a little deeper into the nuances of the difference between a sales funnel and a marketing funnel in our upcoming marketing podcast series. But for today, let's assume it's from attracting your ideal prospect down to the time that they sign on the dotted line to become your new favorite client. So in a coaching session, I get this question a lot. And the first thing I ask is, well, where did it go off the rails? When did you see your conversion percentages go down? Enter the deer in the headlights look. (laughs) And that's okay. Like I said, this isn't the kind of stuff our broker dealers are teaching us. This is the stuff that I love sharing with you because number one, it's super duper helpful. And number two, it's actionable and it will change your business if you implement it. And that's the stuff I love. But don't beat yourself up if you haven't heard this before. That's not on you. And I'm proud of you for pushing play on this podcast because that alone tells me that you're the kind of business owner that wants more for yourself and more for your business. Okay, so back to funnels. If you were to Google sales funnel, and I suggest that you do, you'll likely see images that look like an upside down pyramid. So visually, this is you spreading your marketing message to the world, funneling that down into ideal prospects, funneling that down into connecting with them and giving them your value proposition, funnel that down to those folks that go through your process, and then finally into lifelong dream clients. That's you know very much overgeneralizing it, but you get the picture. So for the sake of your time, we can't, you know, we can't dive into sales and marketing funnels in a single podcast, but I am going to walk you through an example and I'm going to get to the number one mistake that advisors make in their marketing and sales funnels. Okay. So where did it go wrong? Most advisors don't know because they don't track it. We put all this time and effort into stuff and then we have no clue what happens beyond that. And if you don't track it, then you have zero data to point you to where you need to massage your process. So this is the number one mistake that advisors make. Tracking or not tracking, I should say. So let's say, you know, before COVID, you were hosting a workshop. This is the easiest example I can think of to walk you through. You know, and there's also that saying, if you don't measure it, you can't manage it. And that's, and that's basically what I'm going to be getting to here as I break this down for you. So let's say you were hosting this workshop and you send out 500 invitations and you have 250 people respond. Great. Now, if you only have 28 people respond, hmm, something is wrong. We can identify that there is something to look at here, right? Something was up in the invitation process. So when we look at that conversion percentage, we can stop and think, okay, was it the topic? And we could switch that topic and try to something different. Was it the language? Was it not directed at your ideal client avatar? Did you not use their language and did you not speak to that number one problem that you solve? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you must check out episode number 10 where we dive into all the things about your ideal client avatar and how to create a laser focused marketing message that literally speaks to them, to your dream client, to the number one problem that they have. 
before we can look at in this first step, if you have a small percentage of conversion, was it the time? Was it the location? Um, Did you invite the right people for the right topic? Was it the right demographic? Was the invitation too wordy or too vague or too boring? And I know that sounds like a lot of questions, but you can start to identify. You can sit down and actually ask your ideal client avatar, right? So have one of those customers that you love and get their feedback. Tweak it, test it, and track it again. Tracking is the number one way you will know this information, and most businesses aren't taking the time to do it. If you just look at the fact that you invited 500 people and only got one client out of it, you, you can't see where you go wrong. Okay, so then let's say it's not your invitation. You invited the 500 people and 75 couples came to your event. And of that 75, only two booked a discovery meeting with you. If we look at that low conversion again, we can identify, okay, it was something, you got butts in the seats, right? So it must have been something about the workshop itself. Maybe it was your speaking skills. Maybe there wasn't a compelling call to action. Maybe again, you weren't speaking to that ICA and telling them how you solve their number one problem. Maybe it was that you didn't have the right audio and visual equipment. Maybe it was too much PowerPoint and too wordy, and maybe it was a little too intense. Maybe your message wasn't clear. Again, that's lots of questions, but then this is how you drill down to find out what went wrong. Okay, so let's say of those 75 people, 50 scheduled a connect meeting. Great. We know your invitation was great. We know your workshop was a success and you got those butts in the seats. You had a great call to action. But what if only four of your connects move on to the next step, right? They move on to signing a planning agreement with you or moving on to that data gathering situation. We could then ascertain, well, gosh, that's a low conversion percentage. Maybe there's something broken in your connect meeting. Maybe it was your productization of your process. Maybe your pitch was a little off or your positioning, or maybe once again, not speaking directly into the heart of your ideal client avatar. You can see how this comes up a lot and why I am a fanatic about having a really clearly defined ideal client avatar. Um, Or maybe it's your pricing structure, or maybe you aren't honed in on what your unique value proposition is. So we can, again, start to ask questions because we know exactly where in the process the conversions started to deteriorate. Okay, so let's say you had 50 of those connects and 30 of them moved on to the next phase and so on and so on. So you can see what I'm getting at, right? You do this with each stage of your process all the way through, you know, your, you've done all the process with people, you've... Um, maybe pitch an ongoing relationship with them, or maybe you are trying to implement specific products and services, and then they kind of fall off. Maybe we have an issue with the follow-up process. So you can see how this is literally moved through each part of your process. And I know you're still thinking like, okay, that's a lot of open-ended questions, but it gives you again that place to hone in on where there might be the issue, And then to ask yourself a whole bunch of questions to figure out, okay, there's got to be a better way, right? Somewhere between that start and finish point, something isn't working. And there's a couple of different ways to identify. So when we start asking ourselves some of these questions, and and this is one of them. Okay, So I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's called split testing 
or sometimes it's called A-B testing. So basically what split testing or A-B testing is, is you send out two different whatevers, two different invitations, two different emails with different subject lines, two different whatevers, whatevers. You try doing a meeting two different ways. You try um, pitching your productized service two different ways. And you essentially track which one performs better. And then you can say, okay, what about this one was different? And then we can use the one that works and double down on that. The other way, when we have a whole bunch of questions about a particular part of the process that you're going, okay, well, like, well, again, I know it's broken here, but what do I know is broken about it? You can actually, again, talk to your ideal client avatar. Get those clients who know, love, you know, like you a whole bunch, want to see you succeed and ask them like, okay, hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm sending out an invitation about this type of workshop. And they might say, well, like, we're really busy and nobody has time for a workshop like that. Or, you know, what would be more interesting, I think people like us care about X. So that way you can kind of identify is it the topic or it might be like, gosh, we really, the venue was really interesting, but it's so far away. You know, so you could just start identifying with your ideal client avatar, maybe where what's broken in whichever part of the process you're starting to analyze. The other, the third way that you can really filter through all of those questions that come up for each phase is through coaching. Having a third party take a peek at what you're doing and ask you questions, or maybe it's even reading through your your pitch or your nurture sequence follow-up emails or whatever it is, and having just a third party kind of say, you know what, why don't you try this? Or, you know, gosh, this sounds this way. Because sometimes we're, you know, you know, we're so close to it and it's our business and it's our baby and we've raised this thing since it was a teeny tiny little infant. And sometimes we're too close to it to see where we're making a mistake or where our languaging might be off or where our value proposition isn't actually aligned with what it is that we do. The fourth way would be to participate in a mastermind with peers. So this is also a huge, usually free (laughs) way of having third-party opinions. So you have to find people that you really trust, that you have lots of synergy with, that kind of are that they're they're like you, right? They're the kind of people that would listen to this because they want to improve themselves. They want to improve everybody else. They don't view each other as competition. They really want everybody in the mastermind to perform at their absolute best. This is where you can then identify where in your process are your conversions starting to slow down and you could bring it to these people, these other advisors and say, hey, here's what I'm doing. And they might be able to share based on their own personal experience or just like a coach, like what they're seeing from, you know, from a a 10,000 foot level. But you can set yourself apart from so many other advisors as a business owner by just tracking, tracking each part of the process. Tracking is the key. And that's the part that nobody's doing. So I, you know, I pay for advertising. How many clients have mentioned it, right? So if I advertise my financial planning practice in, I don't know, the local paper, let's say. How many clients mentioned it to me? Like, oh, I saw your ad in the paper and that's why I came in. Most of the time when I ask an advisor, like, okay, cool, you did that. How many people mentioned it? And I'll say, well, I, I really, I don't know. And I'll say, well, what was your method for finding out if it worked? Well, I don't have one. Okay, yeah, great. So herein lies the issue. Whether it's a workshop, advertising, 
promotional events, you know, working a booth at something, something, etc. Alan Dibb once said that you look at your marketing like firepower. You need to use your limited firepower unless you have an unlimited marketing marketing budget, which I guess you don't. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's a limit there. You need to use your limited firepower wisely so that you can successfully hunt, come home victorious, and feed your family. However, if you randomly start firing in every direction, you're going to startle and scare off your prey. You need to be targeted and clever if you wish to be victorious. So we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, in our month March marketing or month of marketing series or whatever we're going to call it. I'm still trying to come up with a fun name. <laughs> but we'll be doing a whole month of marketing here in the month of March. Each episode focused on different marketing pieces that the Efficient Advisor community has shared are most critically important to them. But anyway, I wanted to at least grease the wheels and get you tracking your efforts. And you'll hear this a lot in the business world. You got to know your numbers. <laughs> Data is the best way to analyze. Just like you can't craft a financial plan for a client without knowing lots of information, you can't craft or fix your marketing and sales funnel without data either. And sometimes we just kind of rely on our memory um, or, you know, so I'll have advisors doing their CEO day and they'll sit down to kind of analyze the results of their marketing efforts. And the first couple of times they do it, they're really just going based off of their memory. Like, oh, well, I think we invited this many people. And we had this many show up and I think we had this many people become clients because often the advisors aren't the ones touching it, right? We're delegating the invitation process. Um, we're delegating some of the parts of our marketing to other people, which is great. But you can track and, and you can delegate tracking too, but it's something you as the owner of your business need to know. And you can track with a simple Excel sheet or a Google Doc. You don't have to make it crazy complicated. And I don't care how you do it. You just need to do it. Is tracking sexy? Nope, it is certainly not. It is about the unsexiest part of the job. But you do not have to be the one to do it. Pull your admin or pull your marketing person aside this week and show them exactly why you want this done and make it a part of your daily rhythms. This is your action item for this podcast. So, and we're, and you know, I mentioned marketing and kind of those initial efforts, but like I said, throughout this, you've got to be tracking each part, right? Here's how many connects and discovery meetings that I did. Here's how many of those moved forward into the process. And maybe you've done a really great job productizing your process and you have two or three different offerings. What percentage of people say, yes, pick which offering? You know, kind of like a company would look at their, let's say Nike would look at all the different shoes that they produce and say, which one was our best seller and who were the people buying it and how do we double down on those efforts, right? So this comes in handy too with things like your nurture sequence, which I know 100% will dive into in another podcast in March because that was the number one um, thing that came up in the poll in the Efficient Advisor community was Libby, how do I follow up without sounding desperate? <laughs> but if you can try different types of follow up and value adds to your prospects or people in your pipeline and track how many people opened the email, how many people responded, how many people clicked through to whatever it was that you had in that nurture sequence. So maybe it was a link to a video that you've done on a specific topic on your website. Or maybe you were asking them to follow you on social media, right? If we can track all the things, 
data is going to be your ticket to building a big and bountiful sales funnel. So now that you know that not tracking is the number one mistake that advisors make in their marketing and sales funnel, and you know the solution is to have someone on your team or you, if you have to do it, set up a system and start tracking everything, you are now on the fast track to improving your marketing results by 100 times. And you know I am all about getting results that represent your effort. There is nothing more deflating or more defeating or leads to burnout faster than putting in tons and tons of effort and not getting results that are proportional to the amount of effort that you're putting in. And so I know these things take time. I know there are new systems that you have to create in your practice. And I know at times it seems tedious, but if you burn out, you will not serve your family well. You will not serve your team well. You won't even be able to serve yourself well. And in order for you to have a 100% referral only practice, you've got to be able to keep that energy up and stay fully present. So I talk about burnout a lot, not that that's, that's the, the purpose of today's podcast, but but people will often say, you know, I've got to do all things for everybody and I've got to you know, run around like a chicken with my head cut off and I can't say no to this type of client or I can't say no to that ask or that referral or whatever the thing is, right? Uh, I can't say no to um, speaking at this group, even though I really don't want to. And, you know, often I, the hang up is that I have to serve everybody. And the, the truth is, is that if you burn out and if you're deflated and if you're defeated and you quit, nobody gets served well. So I'd much rather you serve a smaller number of people at a super deep level that bring you joy and happiness and all the type of planning that you love doing. So help me help you avoid burnout by taking the time to set up a system and to track the dang thing. (laughs) And speaking of results, right? I am getting excited for March. I'm working on a whole bunch of stuff for you. I'm doing tons and tons of research and interviews. And I really wanna dive into a bunch of different facets of marketing because it's where you should be spending a bunch of your time organizing and executing. And I know that sounds kind of opposite of what you might think. It seems like marketing often seems like the perfect thing to outsource. And parts of it totally are. But you, my friend, are in charge of the overall strategy and it's critically important to your business. But that's why I want to know, what do you want to know? Message me, comment on the marketing poll thread in the Efficient Advisor community. Like I said, I'm doing all this research and I just really want to make sure I'm putting effort into the things that are most important and most impactful for you and where you're at right now. You can also check out theefficientadvisor.com. There is a whole host of free resources for you out there. Templates, a video library, free downloads, um, all the things. And I'm going to show up a bunch this month in the Efficient Advisor community. It's on Facebook. And I've been a really busy lady lately recording tips and things for you. So I'd love to have you join me there and to interact with me. Okay. And you might have noticed um, there was a bonus episode that released a couple of weeks ago. 
So make sure that you are following the Efficient Advisor podcast so that you are notified when we release any of those fun little bonus and extra podcasts. All right, well, I'll link anything and all the things that I mentioned in the show notes as usual. Have an amazing day, and I'll see you same time, same place next week. Thank you.